What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. As I sit here right now, it is like eight o'clock on a random Wednesday night, and I will be the first to tell you that this is uh, this is an impromptu type of episode here. Uh, I wanted to to jump on and and talk about something that was kind of at the top of my mind, something that happened today, and just uh, um, just kind of want to walk you through the way that my brain thinks of things sometimes. And I think this is a good kind of learning opportunity. Uh, for me to just word vomit on a podcast for 20 minutes or so, um, who knows how long it's going to be. Um, I don't really know what the title of this podcast episode is going to be just yet, um, but today I really want to just talk about why I feel so strongly and so passionately about kind of calling out misinformation, and, and more so now than I have at least in the last year or two since starting the podcast and creating content and being a little bit more present on social media and some of the other um, kind of social networking sites. And something happened today. Today's Wednesday was a, a Q&A day on my, on my Instagram. Thank you again to everyone who asked questions. I'm not going to go over any of those today. Um, but I got a kind of a random DM um, from somebody that is or like, uh, I don't know, and this is not a like call out post or po- podcast episode or anything on this particular person. Um, it just kind of sparked my um, interest into like responding in a way that might make sense to more people if I'm able to just kind of talk it out and walk you through my thought process. Um, and the comment that I got was non-related to my Q and a, I don't know why I brought that up, but I was just really active on my Instagram today, um, and responded to somebody who sent a DM essentially, um, I, I don't remember verbatim what they said, but it was essentially on the lines of like, like chill out. Like why are you calling out all these like uh, different fitness accounts? Like, why don't you just kind of let them talk about their information and just like move on with it? Um, talking more particularly around like these different big health accounts that I've, I'll be honest, I've been like low key kind of going in on here as of recent, making more memes about them. Um, I'll go as far as commenting on these fuckers posts and different things like that. Um, I've mentioned some names previously on other podcasts, but, um, big accounts that come to mind are people like, uh, fucking Flav City and, and, um, anybody that's somewhat related to him or post content based out of fear. Um, kind of these big accounts that have millions of followers. And recently I've just been, I've been posting a lot of, I think have been funny clips and just things kind of calling them out and talking about why, um, why misinformation is so harmful. Um, but there's really another layer of complexity to it, right? Like they're, um, at some level, like people just look at these things at face value and are like, okay, like maybe they aren't telling a hundred percent the truth. Maybe they're, you know, skewing things. Um, but what they're saying maybe isn't doing any harm. Um, and I'm here to tell you that what some of these accounts and what these kind of big, you know, uh, influential, uh, kind of people are doing in the health and fitness space that really aren't credible and, and kind of have a, a career path based on like scaring the shit out of people into buying their shit or scaring people from buying stuff. That's perfectly fine to buy and consume. Um, misinformation really does hurt people. Um, and, and, and 
yes, you might be in a position where, hey, maybe what people are talking about doesn't apply to you, or uh, maybe you choose to follow some of the advice that you see from some of these health accounts in terms of like avoiding a particular seed oil or a particular food ingredient or um, avoiding all added sugar or um, going like gluten-free or, you know, doing insert whatever health trend is out there, right? Like buying into or, or practicing some diet approach that revolves around some type of restriction, right? Like maybe it's something that you've found has helped you and you've cut out certain things and you found some success with for sure. Like there's definitely, um, there's definitely those people out there that have that experience. Um, but we got to come back to the main point here of misinformation really does harm people. And I want to give an example here because not too long ago, I think within this last week, I noticed, you know, it's kind of been all over Instagram, but there was kind of a popular uh, health influencer that passed away from what seems to be malnutrition. Um, and this lady, I'm not going to name names. I actually don't know her name. It's kind of a, um, a name that I don't know if I'd be able to pronounce, but she was kind of an advocate and, um, a promoter of like a raw vegan diet. Um, uh, and, and this is not to go in on, you know, whether a vegan diet is right or wrong. Um, it's more so uh, about the fact that like, hey, we have somebody that passed away, which is sad as fuck, right? Um, and there is a good chance that this person was maybe influenced by some type of misinformation, some fear mongering. This lady likely was also contributing to that process as well of like, hey, showing her journey and talking about recipes and talking about how, you know, being a vegan and eating only raw foods was kind of this like uh, end all be all for health. Um, and she had a pretty large following on on her health platforms as well. And um, the point I'm getting at here is a lot of stuff that people don't see is the harm that some of this content can really inflict on people. Um, again, maybe not you, but hang with me here because if you imagine, you know, out of the millions of followers that are following a lot of these health accounts online, um, there's a fuck ton of people that are so confused and have no idea what to do because there, there's so many different camps and so many different people talking about what is right and what is wrong. Like if you sat here and watched every Netflix nutrition documentary, you followed like 10 or 15 of the biggest health accounts online um, or read some of like the most popular blogs or Reddit threads or whatever it was, you would have no fucking idea what it means to be healthy, right? Because you have the game changers that's like everybody needs to be plant-based. And then you have, you know, uh, these carnivore crowds talking about everybody should be eating you know, meat and red meat and raw meat. Um, and then you have the intermittent fasting crowd and, and, and you have insert literally any type of like tribe when it comes to food, um, kind of dispelling what their beliefs are on nutrition and how people should kind of, you know, live their lives. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people fall victim to the misinformation, not understanding like right from wrong, right? Not at their own fault, right? Like seeing big accounts, somewhat, you know, what you would think would be credible people, um, talking about things that is just confusing the fuck out of people. And what happens is this information and a lot of these things are really giving people a hard time on, you know, how to navigate their health, their nutrition, um, and really worse, giving people full on eating disorders. Um, and at best, like a disordered eating pattern. And, the reason that I have been kind of calling out and talking, 
you know, shit about some of these accounts and really speaking up and answering stuff on my Q and a and being a little bit more vocal about it is because, um, at some level I've had some experience helping people through kind of the, the damage that some of this misinformation can cause on people's health and unlearning some of these things that people, um, you know, believing being super true and, and, and the only way to approach their health and fitness, um, yeah. And un- unfortunately, just a lot of people like for, for every one person that maybe have found some benefit or has turned some information into a positive thing in their life, there's probably a thousand people that are just more confused, more frustrated, um, more unsure of what the fuck they should actually be doing when it comes to eating and, and living a healthy life, um, that it makes it much more difficult for them to really navigate through what's BS and what's not and what I should actually be doing. And I want to share a story um, because as a dietitian, like I have some experience working in some different clinical settings, working with people who have eating disorders, Um, not saying I'm an expert in this topic already, but I just want to share my experience and just, um, just kind of respond to this DM in a way. I'm not like sending this to this person, this, this podcast, but just like how I would maybe articulate why I do what I do and why I have a problem with not calling out misinformation now, um, instead of just letting shit roll by, which is honestly what I've been doing forever. Um, just kind of staying in my own lane, staying in my corner, talking about what I want to talk about. But now it's like gotten to the point where I, I I feel obligated and I feel a sense of responsibility to be able to like do my part and to try and reach out and to, to, at least share my message as to why some of these things might be really harmful. Um, and for me, just being a, a dietitian, I've had the opportunity to work again in a lot of settings. And one of those settings, when I um, got my first job as a clinical dietitian, I was working per diem in a hospital. And I'm saying this story just because I need to lay uh, kind of some groundwork and just set the scene for the story that I want to tell and, and why this pisses me off so much. Um, but just being able to get my first job, it was kind of a big deal. Started working at a hospital, came, kind of came full circle because I was like a dude that delivered food trays and like put, you know, was on the food assembly line in this hospital. And then I left, did my dietetic internship. Then I got hired after I did my internship and worked there for about a year um, in addition to some other jobs. But this company or this hospital that I work for was owned by this like umbrella company or something as like UHS healthcare services. I'm not sure I might be butchering that irrelevant. Um, but it is relevant in the fact that there is a local like behavioral health unit that is, um, uh, well, at least there was, I think it might've relocated. Um, but there was a, a, place called um, West Hills. And then there was another behavioral health unit, like more for kids, more than anything, um, called Willow Springs here in Nevada. And um, although like we didn't work at those places, UHS owned these two buildings or, you know, they operated those two facilities. And there is a dietitian that worked full time at those facilities. And I guess every year, I didn't know this, she takes a month long or month and a half long trip. And me being the per diem guy, of course, I volunteered and offered to do that because the other full-time dietitians weren't able to do that during the week. Um, So I thought it was a good opportunity. I thought it'd be fun. I didn't have a whole lot of experience going into kind of the mental health world, not something that really that I was trained super well on. Um, And usually that's kind of a a career path that people like gravitate towards because they love it. Um, But it requires like 
some really intentional schooling, maybe upper level like certification stuff, um, but really just a lot of like getting in the trenches and actually doing the job and working with humans who are struggling with these things. Um, in West Hills at the time, it was, again, when I say behavioral health unit, we're talking people who, you know, maybe threaten like suicide or um, are really depressed, like um, checking themselves in, they need support. There was a pediatric unit as well. Um, I think there was kind of like a memory unit there, if I'm re- remembering it correctly. But uh, long story short, for a month and a half, I, I had to cover at this facility and another one um, at Willow Springs. And I was technically on call, but I only had like, yeah, I had like two days to respond back to the call and to be at the facility to do the intake form and and to meet with the new you know, people who were admitted and, and who are now staying there. Um, and then also follow up on the people who I did my initial intake forms or whatever it was. Um, but I'll never forget, you know, working with the kids, you know, I was maybe a week or two in and man, I got this calls like in the middle of the night, there's, there's no boundaries with these guys. Um, which is okay. I knew what I signed up for, but they'd call me at like 2 AM. I didn't answer, but they'd leave messages. And I will never forget one of the, the voicemails that I got was like, Hey Luke, um, we have a new patient. She's 13 years old. Uh, she was just admitted. She has an eating disorder. Um, Every time she comes in and she tries to eat something, she goes intentionally and, and makes herself vomit in the bathroom, um, yada, yada, yada. Like just explaining, hey, this person has an eating disorder. She's young. We really need to see her. Um, so the next day, I remember going in. And mind you, like there is a handful of people who had eating disorders or disordered eating behaviors. Um, but this one struck me really hard. Um, man, just just because like when you see some of these 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 children, even these grown adults, right? Um, man, this shit just fucking hits a nerve and being able to like get into this setting. I was well underqualified for what I was doing at the time. Um, I later on took a, uh, I got my master's in sports nutrition, but I was able to take a class or two on like eating disorders and kind of behavior around eating, which was super enlightening. Um, wish I had that experience going into this, uh, into this setting, honestly, probably wouldn't have made a big difference, but my philosophy really was like, do no harm going in. Um, kind of like hold the fort down until this other dietitian gets back and, um, someone who has a little bit more experience with it. And I'll never forget. Um, not going to say the name. I do remember it, but, uh, if you can just picture in your head, like what maybe a healthy 13, 14 year old would look like, you know, decent height has some meat on her bones, like smiling, happy. Like I saw this lady, she just had dark hair, super sad, super depressed. She probably weighed 70 pounds, if that, 65 pounds, if that. I don't remember what it was. Um, Just really in a terrible spot. And I'll never forget it because when I was talking with her and just trying to like get any insight and get any information with her, it was very short, cold, monotone. Um, Mind you, I'm also working with like an interdisciplinary team. There's a doctor, nurse practitioner. Um, We had a therapist on board and a counselor. And then there was like, um, you know, counselors and teachers to support the kids day to day. So these kids weren't like alone all the time. Um, But really just like working with this, this young girl and seeing her go through what she was going through. And some of the information that I got from her was like, Hey, why, like, why do you think this way? Like, what, what do you think will happen if you eat X, Y, and Z? Or is there anything that you're willing to eat? Or how long has this been going for? Just like asking literally anything I can and trying to build any type of relationship and connection with this, with this young girl. And one of the things she told me, and I'll never forget it was, um, 
the fear that she has around eating particular foods. In this case, it was carbs and like added sugars and processed foods um, and things that were quote unquote going to make her gain weight. It was it was a lot of this was out of the fear of gaining weight. Um, and unfortunately, going to the extreme, you know, she made herself vomit, didn't eat at all, um, had a history of using like laxatives and purging, like doing everything she could to like not absorb or, you know, keep the food down or just prevent herself from eating in the first place, um, which sucks. And if you, if you know anything about like human development, like the most prime years in our life are like really up until we're 18 years old to a certain extent. So we're missing out on a prime opportunity to, you know, get better bone development, develop more muscle mass, um, you know, our brain health and function and, and being able to be social and hormones. Like there's a lot of moving pieces that go on when you're going through puberty and you're an adolescent and you're a child. And if you're completely depriving yourself from all nutrients and all energy, uh, it's just a, it's a very scary thing. And it's a, it's a losing battle sometimes. And, um, you know, long story short, like I followed this lady, I checked on her almost every day for like two weeks, man, we, uh, we had somewhat of a breakthrough and, and, you know, somebody listening to this might be, you might work with patients who have eating disorders and, um, please communicate with me and, and tell me what I could have done differently. Um, but just a lot of follow-up, a lot of checking in. But I remember at the end, you know, there was her and there was a few other girls in there and we were kind of in a, kind of like a counseling session. And at one point we we're all holding hands. Everyone was crying. It was very emotional. Um, one of the messages that I tried to relay to these girls was, Hey, I know. And I didn't say this verbatim, but like shit is fucked up right now. And, um, we got to continue to be strong. And when you get out of this, right, like putting into their head, like we got to come out of this and we got to continue to push forward. Like when we get out of this, like you're going to be the inspiration for somebody else going through what you're going through right now. Um, cause a lot of times these things come full circle, especially with coaches, people who battle and have come out of, uh, eating disorders or disordered eating patterns. A lot of times they make the best coaches on how to help people navigate through that when they're going through the thick of those things, because they've been there before and they've been able to relate. Um, and it was just a very, an emotional kind of session and, and, um, check in with these girls. Um, but one of, again, the reasons why these girls and I say girls, but, um, I've known adults and people who have very similar tendencies and, you know, who are 25 years old and have eating disorders and disordered eating patterns. But a lot of it stems from hearing stuff or seeing things or reading stuff on the internet, um, or even hearing it from their friends, their family, um, their favorite celebrities, you know, these influencers that you see online, um, and they get this bug planted in their ear that something is bad or you should avoid something in this ingredient, or you should always look out for um, this type of oil that's in food, or you should never eat something that's processed, um, or you should never eat something that you can't pronounce on the ingredients list, right? Like a lot of these things just keep being fed to people over and over and over. And when you have you know, this myth, misinformation and all of these things coming in, and you pair that with body dysmorphia or, you know, altered body image, you know, perception on how you look and how you feel, um, the constant desire for, you know, people feeling that they need to be skinny and lean, um, and to lose weight. Like you pair those two things together. It's like a perfect recipe for a full on eating disorder. Um, and that's fucked up, honestly, like full stop, like disordered eating habits 
and if we define like what disordered eating habits are, cause I'm kind of using that interchangeably with like uh, eating disorder, there is some differences between the two, but like any type of disordered eating habits is essentially like any diet related behaviors that impact someone's like physical, mental, uh, or emotional health. And if we look at the statistics of like how many people actually struggle with this, it's something crazy like 30 million Americans will struggle or have an eating disorder at any given time um, or will develop one at any point in their life. And out of those people, one out of four will attempt suicide, which is no fucking joke, okay? Um, and it sucks because those are reported statistics, right? Um, um, I can pull up the source or link that in the show notes, but the other thing that's scary about eating disorders and disordered eating behaviors is a lot of it isn't even reported. Um, if you think about all the people out there and how many people struggle with this and how many people actually ask for help and seek treatment, uh, it's far less than what's actually reported and what's estimated. Um, I'd guess a fuck ton more people actually struggle with these things. Um, they just don't actually seek help or they have to go through these things alone. Um, ideally if they make it out, you know, um, which is always the goal, but just being able to get to a spot, like a lot of times these things are not documented or reported. Um, and that's where we can just see some of the skewed data, but from the data we have, it's still really fucking alarming. Um, and again, I bring this up because a lot of these things that I'm seeing on social media and from these people who are like going around and fucking grocery stores, I'm swearing a lot on this episode, but damn, bear with me. Um, they just go to these grocery stores or they go in their house and they walk through a recipe that they're doing, or they jump on a podcast and they bust out a clip and they post it to their social media for the 5 million people that are following them. And every time they post something more often than not, it's based around fear in, um, you know, giving you this information that is, almost uses a scare tactic more than kind of a, uh, an informative kind of post or, um, you know, podcast clip or whatever it is, whatever type of content that we're, they're doing. And I can't sit here and say that every single person that does this has ill intent and is trying to harm people. Um, I actually think it's the opposite. I do think that a lot of these people have good intentions and, um, it's just, their way of thinking they think is the best and, and they've built these followings and um, they've kind of built it on this like essentially show and in, in how they've chosen to approach their own health and fitness. And man, you are at some level entitled to your own opinion with health and fitness, 100%. Like you, you have the autonomy and you could do what you want to do and what you like to do. That's the beautiful part about this. Um, but you are not entitled. I'm not I'm, you. I don't know who I'm talking to. Um, health and you know fitness people who are doing this shit. Even even the listener listening to this podcast, like you, you're entitled to what you want to do, what you interpret, how you approach your health and fitness. But man, that does not give you the credibility or um, the power to tell other people what they need to do or what they should be doing. Because um, again, misinformation really does harm people, and you know, eating disorders in particular too, they have the highest fatality rate of any mental health disorder out there, like over depression. So, um, again, if you're out there promoting information that, um, is kind of rooted in like fear and you're just trying to get your point across by scaring the shit out of people, you're part of the problem. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, people really deserve to make choices based on legitimate factual information. And 
you know, I'm not sitting here acting like I call out all the misinformation as it comes. Like that's, that would be a never ending job and not a job that I could take out, take on on my own. But there are a lot of accounts that there that I think really highly of that literally have Instagram pages or TikTok pages that see a new video and then do a breakdown as to why whatever the fuck that video they posted is wrong or um, um, some source of misinformation and why you should not listen to that advice. Um, and unfortunately, it's a lot easier to just say a bunch of shit and put it out there than it is to actually look into the research, actually critically think and debunk whatever it is that people are out there saying and relaying to all their followers and all the people around them. So I... Um, yeah, I just seeing this DM, it just sparked this like response to me that I, I really wanted to jump on here and talk about. Um, and I don't know if I did a really good job, like, <laughs> like saying everything that I wanted to say, but, um, the reason I'm so passionate about this is because when I have a new client or when I have people come in and work with me, part of like, part of their journey, most, you know, more often than not is unlearning and challenging previous thoughts and beliefs that were not serving them anymore. Um, or breaking down barriers of, you know, uh, unhealthy relationships with their food and with their eating patterns and even with exercise and their obsession to, to be overly healthy and, and to do everything to the extreme all the time. A lot of what I do is actually helping, you know, get people get helping people get back to a place of neutrality with their decision making. Um, and not only just making like super emotional based decisions, um, and partly, um, you know, developing people's like critical thinking skills. Um, and, and I, I say this, like, I, I think I do a decent job of that, but that's what I've kind of been on this little mini crusade for my own, um, you know, Instagram and the social media that I post, um, just being a space on the internet that is providing counter arguments that is calling out things. Um, again, trying to do my part to help people be a little bit more, um, resilient to all the fucking bullshit that they see, um, on their Instagram feed and constantly on, you know, whatever sites or whatever, um, social media platforms that they're constantly consuming their content on. So, um, having lived through an experience like the one I shared, um, seeing what harm that this can actually do to people and, and what, you know, uh, type of life, like, or what it can do to people's lives in terms of like being overly obsessive and really contributing to these disordered eating patterns, these eating disorders. Uh, it just makes me really sad. And that's why I take it to heart. And that's why I like, haven't, I haven't been very good at keeping my mouth shut around some of this stuff sometimes. Um, and I plan on continuing to do that. It's, uh, it's, it's exhausting. I'll be honest. It's just something that if you're always in the headspace of, thinking about how you need to, to confront somebody or debunk something else or um, just getting to a, uh, um, getting another point across. It's just a very, it's a very losing battle because you will do it for the rest of your life. So I try not to be in that headspace all the time when I show up on social media and I create these podcasts, but sometimes it just it kind of leaks into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll end that podcast on that note. I don't know if that was helpful. Uh, I just, yeah, I just, I had some things on my mind and, uh, I did not say this response to that person, but I appreciate that person bringing that up because I do think it was kind of a, a good kind of just standing point to talk on here and, and to just try and relay what goes through my brain when I see this shit and then I'm calling it out and I might look like I'm pessimistic and I'm a dick and I'm just fucking on social media trying to like, 
um, you know, be a bully of some sort or, or like talk shit about certain people. I, I, I know that that might put me in a different light as me summing me being somebody who's like more gentle with how they talk about things and confront things. But I don't know the, the, the older I've gotten, it's I'm 28 I'm acting like I'm 50. Um, but at least like the older I've gotten on social media, I think that filter and things, those just kind of get removed a little bit quicker. And, um, I just start to realize that that's part of the problem. It really is. And, you know, you see people like Paul Saladino, like the carnivore MD guy who is talking shit about oatmeal. Like you bet your ass that him saying oatmeal is bullshit and it's bad and it spikes your blood sugar and it's got oxalates in it. Like some girl might be seeing that and oatmeal might be the only food that she enjoys and eats and is the only food that is she is consuming right now. And she sees that and you remove that from her. It's, it's just starting the battle all over again. So yes, I just, I don't know. I just have less tolerance for seeing a bunch of this shit online. And I just, I have less of a filter on being able to, um, yeah, just dismiss things as they go. So I'm going to stop talking. I think, um, I think that was, longer than I wanted to talk about this today. But uh, if anyone has any questions or any other experiences like that, or is going through that on your own, or you need help because you're going through your own eating disorder, disordered eating patterns, you know, I might not me might not be the best person for you or to give you support, but you bet your ass that I can help you find some resources or point you in a direction or towards a coach that might specialize in that um, more so than me. So um, yeah, just keep doing your best. Keep sorting through the BS. Don't believe everything you see on social media. Um, and even if you see BS out there, you know, don't have this mindset of like, oh yeah, like, yeah, they're just doing their thing. Like it doesn't apply to me, but you know, whatever. Like let them speak their truth or whatever it is. It's like, no, like that's that's adding to the problem more than anything. And um, I think it's us to, to kind of call shit out as we see it. And I've taken full responsibility with that kind of my whole life just being in this space. But um, I just really want people to be more informed decision makers and and not let all of these things fuck with them as much as maybe it is right now. So uh, until next time, remember to eat with a purpose, train with intention, and think with confidence as you work towards your own nutrition and fitness goals. If you made it through this whole episode, I really appreciate you. I uh, My mouth is dry because I've been talking so much. I apologize for the swearing too. Mom, if you're listening to this episode, I apologize, um, but it is what it is. I, I think I think it helped me get my point across more today. So um, I'll see you on the next episode. I uh, hope you have a good one. I'll talk soon. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.